no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are a Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will break down the Bears' wildcard loss against the Saints and much more. Hey, Dub, what's cracking, bro? How are you, Prez? You know, I've been better. Um, I would say uh, this season's over, and I would say uh, I was glad that we took an hour after the game to record because I think I'll be a lot better of a podcaster for our listeners. <laughs> right. <laughs> time to calm down a little bit. <laughs> Understandable. Same with me. Yeah, man. And, and before we get into it, man, I owe you an apology and also probably some of our listeners and followers will kind of apologize to you as well. I know your prediction, you kind of foresaw this with Roquan Smith being out of this ball game. So I just wanted to just say, Damn, man, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, friends. Uh, we all are Bears fans, and we love our team, and we're diehards, so I totally get it. But I do want to address our fans shortly. <laughs> <laughs> my man. Before we get into the episode, though, man, I wanted to go over some of our keys from the preview pod. Your first key was basically surrounding stopping Michael Thomas in this ball game. How do you think we did there? We didn't do a good job stopping him. He was the impact player in the game. He made a difference, and um, he actually ended up getting a touchdown on us as well, so... Uh, we didn't do a great job stopping him. I would say I know that they were focusing on Mike T- Michael Thomas, and he did make some plays out there, but I thought Harris actually hurt us more than Thomas to me. He made a lot of key third-down conversions in the ball game, but either way, both of those guys were making plays out there. Yes, sir, and you're right. Harris did I mean, come out of nowhere, but what happens is, you know, with great players, they impact the game. What makes you have to focus in on them? And guys like Harris, who a third, third guy on their team, able to get a lot going playing off of, you know, Kamara, playing off uh, Michael Thomas, and that's what happens. Yeah, I know Emmanuel Sanders uh, had a lot to say on Twitter uh, earlier, but I didn't really see him out there. It was a milk carton on you, Emmanuel. <laughs> Should have kept his mouth closed. That's what he get. <laughs> yeah, shut your mouth, bro. Your second key was around red zone efficiency for our defense. How do you think we matched up there, man? Based on the circumstances, I thought we did good. Uh, we only okay. gave up one touchdown in the first half, gave up two in the second half, but, you know, we was on the field a lot in the second half, so I totally get it. Yeah, we were definitely on the field a ton, bro, in that second half. And that's something we'll definitely get into. And um, the defense, for the most part, I thought they were okay today, right? But in a playoff game, though, you need more. Um, They did have that fourth and goal stop there late in the the game. But, you know, at that point in the game, it was pretty much uh, all wrapped up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Totally agree. Yep. Uh, My keys were the first one was covering Alvin Kamara. I thought we did a really good job with that. He only had two catches for 17 yards, A-Dub. And remember I said, he sneaks out of the backfield. And if he gets that ball in open field, it could be game over for your defense. I thought we did a really good job there. However, he hurt us on uh, running the ball. 
He almost had 100 yards in his ball game on 23 carries. So I thought Kamara on the running aspect of things, he did a lot better in this game than he did in week eight. Yeah, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Perez, I think a lot of that came in the second half when our defense started to wear down. So he's going to pick up some big yardage down the stretch. Yeah, but you know what? In the playoffs, that's what that's what you want. You want to wear the team down so that way you run it back and rip off a couple of those long runs. And that's what he did in the fourth. Yes, he did. Totally agree with you. My second key, I wanted the Bears defense to make Breeze look like he was 41 years old today. <laughs> and you know what they do? We didn't do it. No, uh, we did not. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Breeze was like uh, your boy uh, Denzel in, uh, in training day. Boy, he was surgical with that shit out there today, bro. <laughs> yes, he was, man. He was getting off some passes pretty quickly on us. Man, and I'm telling you, bro, he he reminded everybody that he still got a little bit left. I know people have been throwing out their retirement word about Drew, but he definitely uh, he 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 did his thing out there today. And uh, our defensive line, we didn't get there with that front four. We only had one sack, and that was by Gibson. Mac had a sack, but it was basically taken away with that Vildor uh, pass and the Ferris call. So right. we just we had some good pressure on him in that first half, but like I said, the second half of the game when they went time of possession control. I think that pressure just, we just didn't get home on him. We didn't get home enough. But I did like that fumble, though. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Your boy Jenkins. Absolutely. And I think you mentioned that was Gibson who came with that hit. So, uh, you're right. So, yeah, that was was a key play. The thing about it is, though, like with a lot of stuff that we talk about, though, we didn't capitalize. We did not. That's the big story with this ball game, uh, A-Dub. Before we get into it, we knew that it was going to be an uphill battle for us this week. We basically had three of our main starters that we were pretty much wondering and hoping if they were going to play. Well, we right. got the news today that Roquan, Jalen, Buster Screen, all out, right? And Money Moon. Don't forget that. And your that. boy Money Moon. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. So, you know, you had key guys that were out. Right. And the Darnell Mooney situation was actually kind of confusing because there were some reports earlier in the week that he actually planned on playing. So I'm not sure if he had a setback or what happened, but... That was also a tough loss for us. Right. You never know, man. And you're right. It's a big loss for us. And you can see that in this type of game like this here, as we saw with Harris, how much this speed made the impact. I believe Money Moon's impact would have, would have been helped us a lot in this game here. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you as well. That also just basically lets you know with the way that Mooney was utilized this season, he's a little receiver. And a lot of those short routes and a little those quick hitters, he was getting hit a lot. And yeah. I think the way that we're going to have to scheme next year for this kid is to protect him a little bit because we know that he was playing with that shoulder injury for a while this season. Yeah, and it was a matter of time, really, with those hits he was taking that they were going to add up, and they did. And then I think they said he missed the game today with the ankle, but I think his his shoulder might have been bothering him too. I don't know, but yeah. I think they mentioned the ankle, right? Yep, they said the ankle, but you're right. He was banged up, man, from all those hits. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, man, with this game, I actually like the decision that the Bears made when they won the, to- the coin toss. They deferred. Right. And our defense stopped the Saints' offense on the opening drive. That's what you yep. want, right? Agreed. But then what do we do? Our first offensive drive was terrible, bro. In this ball game today, Bill Lazor did not call plays. That first drive showed me exactly that Matt Nagy was calling the plays today. And that drive was awful. The first play was to get uh, Miller involved, right? A quick back pass to him, lateral pass to him. And it was on the two-yard game. Two yards. Yeah. Then we rushed Muncy. We got like a three-yard game. And then that third and five to uh, A-Rob in the middle that was almost intercepted just didn't look good at all. So it was a quick, what, three and out, right? Very quick. Yep. And then what happens? The Saints gets the ball back. They answer with a touchdown drive. 
yeah, that that pass to Michael Thomas that I didn't like, but still, yeah, it yep. was it was tough, tough to see. And on that drive, which was really the tail of, of this game, was the Saints were efficient on third down. On that drive, they had really good key third down conversions, right. and we struggled on third down the majority of this ball game. Yeah, a lot of they passes they were making were up the middle, and I think you know with that without having Roquan there to help us out. They were going to try to take advantage of that. And you saw they did. Yeah, no, they really did. They really did. One of my thoughts from the first quarter just kind of surrounds why this season just really (laughs) didn't, you know, work the way that we thought it was going to be as Bears fans. So Mitch throws probably his best pass of the game to, well, he threw two really good ones in that first quarter. The first one, he threw that dime ball to Wims on the sideline, right? Right. Wims was able to get his feet down. Then, on that same drive, the Bears come back with a really good play call, and they took a shot down the field. And Williams was wide open. Drops the ball. In the end zone. In the end zone. I look at something like that, and I say, bro, I've been waiting for them to take a shot. Adele's been calling for them to take a shot down the field. That right there is a play in the ball game that you need. When you're in the playoffs, you have to make that play. I agree. And that play right there would have changed our fortunes in this game. Absolutely, man. Would you say that that was one of the plays that you thought led to our demise, or do you have something else? Because that was definitely a very key play in this ballgame. That was the play that led to our demise, because after that, we couldn't really muster up no drives after that, really. It was a disaster trying to get drives going. And that was a perfect play. I will give Bill Lazor or Nagy, whichever one of them called it, <laughs> an A-plus on that play, because it caught them off guard. It would have worked how he called it, right? That play right there, we haven't much of anything after that. It was hard. This is my thing, though. How do you go from that in the first quarter where you took that shot and you were aggressive right. to then what we saw with the rest of the game? I just don't understand what we saw out there today. Yeah, it's like a lot of things that we tried to do, they were going to take away from us. Like, for example, the bootleg, it didn't work today. No. Nope. Um, you roll out Mitch, they were right there waiting on him. They said part of that, you can tell part of their plan was to stop Monty because he couldn't get a lot of yards rushing when he got the chance to carry the ball. They were right on him, right, to get him. Yeah. So with that, the bootleg doesn't work. Play action fakes doesn't work as much. So it was pretty much saying, hey, Mitch, you're going to throw in the pocket. Beat us that way. And it was a hard thing to do throughout the game with minimal weapons. For sure, man. And I do agree with you. I thought that Javon Williams play, uh, I thought that was really, really key. Uh, It was a momentum shift for us. Mm -hmm. But another play that I want to touch on and I want to get your thoughts on. Yes, sir. I thought Eddie Jackson's neutral zone infraction on fourth down, I thought to me that was a backbreaker and I launched another fucking remote. I'm so fucking sick and tired of Eddie Jackson, bro. They're paying this guy like an elite defensive player. And he has not performed like that at all in 2020, bro. Man, the missed tackles today, too. I mean, it's a lot that just went on in this game that you just didn't like with Eddie Jackson. Like you say, all that money being paid to him to miss tackles, to not be right where you want to be in coverage. It's just all those things add up. It just turned out to be that, hey, that's a big part of our secondary, especially when we shorthanded, that you need a guy like him to play very well. And we didn't see it. No, he was undisciplined. And like you said, missing tackles. He was blowing coverages out there. And that offsides penalty, dude, all of that shit is just undisciplined football. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to call him Eddie. From now on, take that bow off your name because you ain't playing like no Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson was a legend. You playing like Tito Jackson out there. Fucking <laughs> so seriously, man. And after seeing him, you know, rallying the team up, right, before the game started, to see him do all that 
and then they come out here and stink up the field like that is a very big disappointment. It really was, man. It really was. So let me get your thoughts, A Dub. When you look at the offensive game plan today, you mentioned a couple points with the bootlegs and how they bottled up Montgomery. What yeah. did you think about that offensive game plan? I thought our offensive game plan was probably to try to either trick them or try to get Mitch to make some solid throws in the middle. That's all we had, really, because the other stuff didn't work. So I thought that game plan was going to have to work this time around. If Mitch can't make solid throws in the pocket, then we're, we're going to be doomed because that's what you saw from what the defense was giving us. They were saying, hey, we're not going to let Monty beat you. We're not going to let A-Rod beat you. You're going to have to throw to someone else in the middle and try to beat them that way. So our game plan was pretty much to adjust to that. The hey, got to stay in the pocket. You saw the way Bill Lazor started calling plays. To stay in the pocket and try to make plays from there. As if he was even calling the plays, because I still think this was a naggy game, because he was very animated and he was definitely moving around over there. <laughs> you listeners don't listen to us, because I asked one of you guys to jam his fucking headset. I asked you specifically. I asked you very nicely. <laughs> you did. You did. You did, man. And it, it looks like he may have been calling plays, you know, because you're right. He was all into it. And, yeah, um, man. Based upon his um, nonverbal communication, right? It looked like he was heavily involved. That's right. That's right. Like uh, Miss Heidi said, he's a sneaky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the queen salute. That's right. That's right. Um, A-Dub, I'm just going to wrap up what my thoughts of the offensive game plan. Go ahead. In one quick, basically, a snapshot. It's going to be that two-minute drive at the end of the half. To me, oh. that told the whole story. Mm-hmm. This game right here, you guys, as the Bears, you come into this ball game as the biggest underdog in all of the teams that are in the playoffs. Right. So you have nothing to lose. So they should have been playing like that. Instead, Nagy was coaching scared out there. So what I saw today from him as coach is that he didn't and he doesn't trust Mitch. And that cost us this ball game today. Right. So at that point where he decided to basically just basically give that possession away, we were only trailing seven to three. It was a minute and 49 seconds left in the half, and we had two timeouts. Right. And yep. we, were, we were on the 23-yard line, so it's not like we were backed up against the goal line. That's true. And not to mention, we deferred the ball, so we were getting the ball back at the half. So why wouldn't you try to move it down the field to at least get a field goal? Right. I heard him talk about that, Nagy. I normally don't what watch he say? What do you have to say? <laughs> he said that uh, he was hoping that if they can get at least a first down or two, that he'll probably coach that differently. But he didn't like the field positioning that we're in. So he was kind of like playing a little bit conservative way to where he wasn't as aggressive um, on those plays. But you're right. That's Nagy, of course. And that was Nagy pretty much heavily involved in that interaction. So that makes you believe also that he was calling plays. But that was his take on why he did not move forward aggressively with the ball to try to, you know, um, get us into a scoring position on that, yeah. on that last possession. Did he talk about why he gave the ball to Ryan Nall on third and fucking two? He didn't tell us that. <laughs> I, yeah. or, or, or I didn't listen to that part of it. I just want to hear that, that piece right there about what happened there. But uh, I don't think he addressed that third and two because that was tough. Dude, that's waving the white flag, bro. It was. I honestly don't watch Nagy's pressers anymore. That comment that you basically said that he's had for that, that's weak. Um, it is. That's that, that's that BU bullshit. And to be honest with you, Nagy should have been coaching this game like his job was on the line. He was coaching this game very conservatively, and mm -hmm. he was coaching like a man that thinks that he's got some job security. And that's a problem. Oh, very. It's, it's a big problem, especially when you go 8-8 eight and eight 
looked bad all season for the most part. When he had a, what, a couple of games, even the games we won, we looked bad, right? Uh, we still said we had some opportunities to grow. So really, it was a bad season overall, even though we made the playoffs. So yeah, Nagy, your job isn't quite secure. You got to coast this game like it's your last. And A-Dub, let's be honest. They made the playoffs because they added an additional team to the mix this year. So that seventh seed wasn't right. a thing last year. So we really shouldn't be looking at this playoffs as an asterisk on the season. So now this is the second eight-day season that we had under Matt Nagy. That's an ugly thing right there. And these are back-to-back seasons, right? Eight and eight. Yep. It doesn't look good for you, Nagy. Keep going the wrong direction. After you had that, what, 12-4 and four season? Looks like things going the wrong direction from that perspective. That's the league figured your ass out. They're like, this motherfucker is a CFL quarterback slash hack of a fucking offensive coordinator. And what happened? He had a little, he had a little flash in the pan in 2018. Had a good defense that really won a lot of those games. Nobody talks about that. Right. And now that his little offensive genius is kind of worn off, now we're seeing what he really is. He's a fraud. Yeah, it doesn't look quite good. <laughs> and uh see a whole lot of holes in his um offensive game schemes. And I was kind of glad he did give up play calling because uh it was looking really ugly for him. Well, shit, man. I think he went right back to it because this was ugly today, because this was a winnable ball game, A dub. It was. And, uh, we let the Saints off the hook, bro. Like, for real. I said on the preview pod that this matchup between Nagy and Peyton was going to be Bobby Fisher, which is Peyton. Right. And Nagy <laughs> on the other end is a kid learning how to play checkers. And that is exactly what I saw today out there. I totally agree. And the thing I want to say, Perez, is I think you alluded to this a little bit earlier. We should have let Mitchell loose. We didn't. Yeah, he was handcuffed. Yep. And I think that's because the coach doesn't trust the guy. And it came back to bite us. Another question I have for you. So, in this ball game, we had your boy Mooney out, right? Key weapon for us. Yes. Uh, We also see another game here where A-Rob, in my opinion, wasn't targeted nearly as enough as he should have been. Also, Riley Ridley, we didn't see him get any sort of meaningful snaps until the last drive of this ball game. Yes. And when Riley Ridley was drafted, he was drafted because of his route running. Why... Do you think that this kid has not gotten a, a fair shake with this team? I told you before, that is a naggy thing. The dude came in the game, like you said, fourth quarter, and he actually was like second <laughs> in receiving yards. <laughs> <laughs> think about that, brother. He was second in receiving yards on our team, and he came in, what, probably in the fourth quarter. Yep. You know? And I'm like, I don't know why Nagy has held him back or ha- handcuffed him, but that's, that is sad. And the other thing, we didn't see a lot of Jimmy Graham in this game either until the fourth quarter. So we saw a lot of Jimmy Graham. We saw him on the sideline looking like he was falling asleep because he wasn't in the game. Right. <laughs> Good I'm like, wake up, Jimmy. <laughs> right. We need you. <laughs> we need you. Remember that play that they got challenged when uh, they thought the, uh, the Montgomery fumbled, but it was incomplete pass? Yeah. When they kept showing on the sideline, I'm like, Jimmy looks like he's like, I wish that I was somewhere else. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> He's like, you all spent a lot of, you spent a nice piece of change on me to come and play, and I'm not out on the field. Yep. The one thing, too, it really bothered me was when DeAndre Carter started to get snaps out there late in the game, instead of Riley Ridley, I'm like, dude, Nagy, whatever the personal issue that you may have with this kid, and we ne- we'll probably never know what it is, but, bro, you're just wasting talent. Because, like you said, he, as soon as he came in the game, he made a play. Absolutely. And I don't know what the, like you said, bro, I don't know what it is between Nagy and Ridley. <laughs> That's something we really want to look more to to find out what's going on there. Because I thought he got some good time last year. 
I don't know what happened this year because this time has gotten really limited this season. It really did. It really, really, really did. One area that I was really concerned with, A-Dub, before we get into uh, talking about the defensive game plan. Yes, sir. We looked very undisciplined out there today. What was kind of your thoughts on some of what you saw today? On offense or defense? Or are you talking about collective both? Collectively. Yeah, we didn't look sharp on offense at all. And I think a lot of guys were put in positions that they were uncomfortable with, right? So we were so used to having Mooney there. We were so used to A-Rob, you know, collecting with Mooney and, and uh, Miller. And things didn't look quite good without our structure. So we were undisciplined on offense. We couldn't get anything going. On defense, we were even more undisciplined at times, right? Because we weren't in the right coverage. We are in the right place. You can see our secondary was getting lost in, in coverage, as you've seen that happen on several occasions. Because, again, they weren't so used to playing with each other. You can tell. So chemistry, to me, was a big problem in this game. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say for me, when I looked at this ball club today, I looked at guys that were getting penalties in situations that they should not be getting. Now, we can nitpick the Cole commit unsportsmanlike penalty and say, oh, yeah. you know what, that was a bad call. But you don't put the referee in a position to make that type of play against you. I agree. Because that came in a situation where we had the ball in, you know, kind of close to New Orleans. I think we were kind of close to the red zone. That penalty backed us up, right? Right. And then now, what do we We were ended up in a third and 20, and then we had to settle for three points. That was a missed opportunity. Right. Because that followed that Jenkins fumble recovery that you talked about. And another thing you mentioned, though, like you said, being undisciplined. Like, for example, you got Miller, who could disqualify, right, for getting into it with C.J. Gardner, right? Remember C.J. Gardner was when we got into it with last time with Williams, you know, you know, throwing out punches and got suspended. And here we are in a situation where we're undisciplined and we allow one guy to get in our head and then we lose a lot. Oh, I, oh I, I got something for that later. Trust me. Well, I'll say this, though. The wide receivers coach of this ball club should be fired because we've seen this with your, one of your receivers before. Like you mentioned, throwing punches out there and getting kicked out of a fucking ball game, right? Right. Why are you not coaching your guys up? You know who C.J. Gardner-Johnson is. He's a troll. Right. That motherfucker's probably going to say the most disrespectful stuff ever to you. But yep. guess what? This is a playoff game. It's bigger than whatever the hell one-on-one thing that's going on out there. If you really feel that kind of way, Anthony Miller, then take it out on him during the game. I agree. Totally agree. But not doing a playoff game. Not doing a playoff game. The biggest not game. Not when you're shorthanded. Right. Like, we needed him out there. Badly. <laughs> God, that was terrible, bro. It was. I totally agree. And it, it came unexpectedly, too. So I'm like, dude, we really do need this guy here. And then that happens. What was your thoughts on the defensive game plan? I think our defensive game plan was to slow down Kamara. I think he was on, on, the, on the radar, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think our team really knew how much to expect from Michael Thomas, right? Because we didn't know, right? We haven't seen him in a while. He hasn't played much of this season. So we really didn't know. But, of course, you know me. I'm like, hey, we still got to watch him, no? So I mm -hmm. think that the, the main goal was to slow down Kamara. And I thought we did a good job in spurts and in pockets until he got loose. Yeah, I mean, I thought we could have done better there. But you could definitely see that they were keying in on Thomas. I thought that Pagano wasn't as bad as he was last week against the Packers. With three defensive starters out in this ballgame and holding that Saints offense to seven points in the first half, I thought that was pretty good, A-Dub. I like the stunts that they were doing on the D-line because that yes. was getting some pressure in on, on, on Brees. Yep. Mm -hmm. But the problem was for us is that Harris, as I mentioned earlier, made us pay on, on third down. Also, Michael Thomas. They were making key conversions. What we saw in this ballgame, is Drew Brees was just methodical and they just kept basically having these long drives and they kept right. running all these different plays. 
And what happened was, as you mentioned earlier, the defense got tired. They got worn out in that fourth quarter. And then what happens? Drew Brees will kill you. He killed them with a slow death. <laughs> he did, man. He did. But we also had, what, Teo, number 57, Teo out there. He was actually on the practice squad, right? You go from being on our practice squad, am I correct? Yeah, he's on the practice squad. So he goes from being on the practice squad to now being a starter in a playoff game, right? And you're replacing, what, Roquan Smith. Those are big shoes to feel, right, in a game like this. So he did get lost a couple times in coverage. You saw him on Cook. So I can see some of these plays kind of like forming because of, again, we didn't have any depth anymore. And I can see that with that, you see that Breeze wanted to tackle those areas. And it actually worked out into his favor. So you got guys going up the middle, right? You saw he milked the middle for a while. But I thought what they were doing really was kind of pick on our guys who were inexperienced, like the Vildors, Shelly, right? Well, I would say this. I mean, uh, Manti Teo, he's actually a veteran in the league. And so I think what it was is I look at it as he was inexperienced in his defense. Yeah. And I do think that he was out of position on a lot, on a lot of plays. But right. for, for me, I just thought the offense not getting the job done really was the demise of the defense today. But there mm-hmm. was also some things on defense that we didn't execute well. And I thought that parts of that game plan were poor on defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, we missed a lot of tackles yes. um, today. So you're right. That's a big part of what we're doing as well. You're going to miss tackles. You can't get nothing done. When I saw Bo Jackson miss that first tackle, I said, it's going to be a long game. Oh, you, man. You mean Tito Jackson? <laughs> yeah, Tito. That's what he looked like today. And we ain't calling him Bojack no more, man, until he earns that back. He go, he earns that back by getting five pick sixes next year. He got to. We got to give until him something. Then, until then, you just Tito to me, brother. For real. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> look good at all, man. So looking at this ball game, A-Dub, who was your offensive uh, player of the game? Nobody. Couldn't give it to anybody. We didn't do nothing as a team. I couldn't go with the line. We couldn't do much at all from a line standpoint. When they blitzed, we were in trouble. Montgomery couldn't rush like he wanted to. We couldn't get any, um, we couldn't get no push on the line. So he couldn't do his thing. He didn't get a lot of carries because of that reason. We didn't throw it well. A-Rob didn't stand out. I mean, it was just a poor game overall from coaching to player execution with minimal weapons out there. So it was a very tough night for our offense. I can see that, man. I actually gave mine to A-Rob. I know offensively, we didn't really have much going on. Mont- Montgomery was bottled up. Mitch wasn't allowed to really do much. And I think he had a pretty uneven game, if you ask me. Um, right. But uh, Miller got thrown out for being a fucking shithead. You know, there right. was just a lot of just things offensively that just I wasn't proud of. But I give this to A-Rob just because, man, all season long, he's that guy that you know what you're going to get out of 12. And he continues to show why it would be a huge mistake if the Bears allow him to leave via free agency, A-Dub. Oh, yeah. Week after week, after week, man, we know we can get out of this guy. He only has six catches today, but when he made those catches out there, I'm like, boy, those are catches that nine out of the 10 receivers in his league aren't making. Oh, I totally agree with that stand, from, from that standpoint. He did make some very good um, catches, but I did see that the team was also um, looking to double team him to make sure he didn't really get off. So you can see they were actually um, shadowing him pretty much the whole game, really, to make sure, you know, even the catches he made, they were tough catches. Mitch had to throw those on the money just for to get it in there, you know? It was a tough game, man, um, just watching it. But you're right. He did do his part as far as uh, being impact. It's just that, you know, we didn't have anyone else to step up to help him out. I also think, too, that from when I was watching that ball game, I thought they could have caught more slants, and I thought that there was opportunities where they could have gotten some of those. Yeah. Um, we didn't see a lot of that in the ball game today. Oh, no. <laughs> we didn't see a lot of slants at all. What you got for defensive game ball, bro? Man, the defensive game ball for me goes to Gibson. 
I mean, okay. th- this dude, to me, played his ass off. I mean, he was out there hitting. He was out there doing good in coverage. I mean, I think he knocked out one of those balls that was in the end zone to, uh, yeah. to prevent a touchdown. But he was all over the field, man. He was in the, he was doing um, blitzes. So I, I will say for him, man, I, I got to give it to him. I mean, he was our, to me, I thought he was our best secondary player today. I would say this, man. I was tough on that kid for most of the season because he hasn't shown up. But in this ball game today, when you needed him the most, he was flashing out there. So I, I definitely liked that one. I was, he, he definitely played well. I actually gave mine to Duke Shelton. I know last week I slandered that man and called him toast. He came <laughs> back. He came back this week and he played a really solid game, A Dub. I think going up against one of the game's best in Breeze, that's not an easy job for any young player in this league. It's not. And I thought he put in a really solid effort today. You got to think about it. Our defense was depleted, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, but Duke Shelley, I think he's got some potential. He just has to work on his craft a little bit more. But I think. Next year, he could be a front runner for that slot corner spot in 2021. But I, I give my game ball to Duke Shelley. Yeah, that he rebounded from uh, being called toast last week. So shout out to you, Duke Shelley. Yeah, he played some good covers today. I just don't like when he's on the same side with Vildor. For some reason, man, they always get lost with each other when they play on the same side. <laughs> so I just don't like yeah. that part of it. Well, yeah, but I mean, that that happens with guys that, that haven't played much. And Vildor's a rookie. You know, think about that. Late round draft pick at that, you know. Yes, absolutely. Good points. But I will say this, though. Even with Vildor, I still saw some signs with this kid that I'm like, you know, you might have a depth piece there. You know, like he, he he showed you that he's got a little something to his game. So he showed me a little something. He played solid today, too. Tough kid. You know, I, I yeah, like it. Absolutely. They didn't do bad. They didn't do bad. Exactly. Still didn't do good enough to get the dub today. <laughs> right. But I will say we got the most out of what we're going to get from them um, in this game here. That's right. That is right. My underperformer, I'm just going to kick this off a dub and I'm going to go to you with yours. This is going to Anthony Miller, bro. Mr. (laughs) Can't Get Right. I've had enough of Anthony Miller's nonsense, bro. I'm sick of it. This is his third season in the league. Every season, all of us fans think, oh, this is going to be the year that Anthony Miller is going to break out, right? Right. And then it doesn't happen. Didn't happen at all. Now, all we get from this guy is little glimpses of potential but then followed up by boneheaded fucking plays like we saw today, like throwing a punch and getting ejected, right? When you're shorthanded, as me and A-Dub both mentioned. Right. And on top of that, the player that we miss is a rookie receiver that's been outplaying your ass all season. All season. On top of that, dude, his antics continue to outweigh any sort of production that this guy has. So as my viewpoint as a Bear fan and on this podcast, bro, we need to get Anthony Miller to fuck off of this team, bro. That Gardner Johnson is now 2-0 against our weak-minded fucking wide receivers on this team. Like you said right there, mental toughness. I don't think he has it. So that is a big problem for me just watching him today. You bet on your team. You take the easy route by getting into an um, unsportsmanlike conduct after you know about what happened to Cole Komet. <laughs> you do it after that happened, right? In that same game. So you know the referee's not playing around. And no. you go ahead and do it. Because the referees, they were watching that game closely. They knew it was going to be chippy, especially with that Saints defense. They were watching every, every little thing, and you gave them an opportunity. Right, absolutely. That's a big one, man. That's a huge one. So I would support you on that uh, 100%. Is that your underperformer, too? My underperformer? I agree. But I got to go this route, man. I got to call out Williams. You don't drop that pass. you don't drop that pass i'm sorry (laughs) you just don't drop it 
because that is a big play. You know how hard it is to score in a playoff game when you're already limited with players and you always see how this game is already going with how they actually slow our run. I mean, think about it. They got our scheme packed down. You don't drop that pass. And think about this. Being up 10-7 versus being down 7-3. That's a huge difference in the game. Huge. Especially when our defense playing well. That is a momentum. You don't lose that kind of momentum in the playoffs. That hurts, man, every single time. It hurts. Yeah, and that's why I mentioned that earlier in the show. I mean, that was a that was a yep. momentum changing, momentum changing play. And the thing about it is, Javon Wims has already shown us who he is. And while I do like certain aspects of his game, but today I saw way too much Javon Wims out there, and I wanted to see more Riley Ridley. And Riley Ridley should have played a lot more than what he did today. That's on Matt Nagy. Yes, absolutely. And the thing is, we also talked, we raved about Wims and blocking and all that stuff, right? He didn't do a great job in blocking either. So to me, you got that one good catch, but then after that, things start to go down. I mean, you were talking about four times a game when you got one catch. It's like, dude, you couldn't handle being the second target on the team. That's what it came down to me. He couldn't handle that type of job. Yeah, no, that's a very fair point. Very fair point. So some of my like final thoughts, man, on this <laughs> season and, and what we saw here today, A-Dub, is – you look at a New Orleans Saints team that's battle-tested. They've been there. They're led by a quarterback that's basically been through every sort of, you know, playoff battle there is to have. There's a coach. He's a championship-caliber coach, right? Right. And they basically won a ball game that basically the Bears gave away. We basically played this game to lose. Coaching-wise, the players on the field, I'm like, everything you could do to lose is what we did today. And yes. even still... We had a chance to beat these guys today, and we didn't get it done. Did not get it done at all. Didn't take advantage of turnovers. Uh, I mean, we just didn't get the job done. So that goes on to coaching. We knew we were going to game shorthanded, right? And I get it. But still, when you have nothing to lose, that's when I think you're supposed to play your best game, really, because there's no expectation. There's no pressure. All the pressure was on the Saints. So you go into that building, and you don't get much at all offensively. That's hard. The defense did as much as it can the first half. I'll give them credit for it. But, man, you're right. We had a lot of opportunities in this game to do something special, and we didn't capitalize on it. No, we really didn't, man. Um, and I'll say this, man. Everybody says that they're expecting Nagy to be back in, in 2021, but I don't think he should be. I think today's game, to me, it kind of shows why Nagy should not have a job. And if George McCaskey had any fucking balls, Nagy would be fired tomorrow. We got another long-ass offseason awaiting us, A-Dub. And this game is just its so unsatisfying, man. Not only just the fact that we lost, but just how we lost and how I continue to just feel like our fan base, we deserve so much better, man, than what we continue to do, man. Our fan base, I look at the tweets. I see how excited people are all week and looking forward to these games, and then your team comes out and plays the way that they play. We deserve better than this shit, man. It's, it's sad, and it's tough to watch. Yeah, it's tough to watch, but I do think Nagy and Colt will be back next year. I do believe that. This is a tough way to lose, but I'm going to go out on, 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 a, on a positive note and say this here, in this particular game right here. We were shorthanded. You're missing an all-pro to me, all-pro Roquan Smith. That matters. You're missing an all, not an all-pro, but you're missing a solid cornerback in Jalen Johnson. That matters. You're missing a Buster String, right, screen out there who's not playing. That matters. So, and then you got all these, what, three new guys really taking the helm of trying to play 
good coverage and all that stuff. All those things matter. And I think that's what happened to us today. But I'm going to go on a positive note with saying that, you know what, because we were shorthanded, I don't want to give them a pass, but I will say, you know what, I can understand it a little bit better knowing that we gave a good effort in that first half like we did to be down 7-3, you know, going into it and not really get the job done. But I will say from that perspective, man, I would like to see us run it back with our full team. Um, there's going to be a lot of changes with this roster. I do not share in your optimism. This ball game should have been won today. Effort, that's good for when you're playing Little League uh, baseball and, and right. minor league sports. This is the NFL, brother. We got to win these ball games because think about 2018, A-Dub. That season right there, if you would have told me in 2018 when we lost, when we had that fucking kicker that they trotted out there and he did that bullshit double doink, if you would have told me that two seasons later, dude, we would be even worse as a team than in that moment, I wouldn't have believed you. So my thing is you have to take these opportunities when they present themselves because next season isn't promised. You don't know what's going to happen because I would have thought that we would have turned it back in 2019 and picked up off the momentum of what we left on 2018, and we did not. We had a championship-caliber defense in 2018. Our offense was lagging behind, and I thought in 2019 you were going to have an improved offense along with that good defense. What we have in 2019, the defense was still pretty good, but the offense let us down. Right. And this season, I didn't know what to expect from game to game. So my point is, I don't share that same optimism. I have a feeling that this was Mitch Trubisky's last game as a Bear. And if it was, I think so. But I wish him well, bro. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think that Mitch, I still think he's going to have a productive career in the NFL. I think he's going to go somewhere else, A-Dub, and I think he's going to put it all together. Mm -hmm. Possibility, you know. There's a lot that went to this season here that we both didn't like. And I think there's a collective of things. You're right. Players took steps back. Do you blame coaching for that or do you blame the players for that, right? It's a combination of maybe of both, right? Yeah, enough to go around. Right, right. Enough to go around. So just think about all we've been through in this entire season with line changes, with quarterback changes. (laughs) Uh, I'm just saying, it's been a crazy year, right? To um, Nagy calling plays, to not calling plays. It's been a rough year. You're right. It may be some changes next year. It It may be, but it wouldn't shock me if they brought this whole unit back for another year. That would be the barest way, and I think that's what you're used to because what, what we're going to see is we're going to see the Nagy will come back, Pagano will be back, and, you know, Maggie, Nagy will be out here looking for somebody else to make a scapegoat, and which in this case I think is going to end up being Mitch. This game right here just showed that he has no confidence in this guy. You know, when he, he benched him, he only put Mitch back in the season because he had to, right? It wasn't because right. he wanted to, and he knew that he couldn't go back to false. In my opinion, when I look at Mitch, he was put in an unfair position coming here he always is going to be the guy that fans are going to be polarizing against because he was drafted ahead of Watson. He was drafted ahead of Mahomes, right? So he was always going to have to play up to that moniker, and he never did. But right. I still think, A-Dub, that he's going to go somewhere and he's going to find an actual coach who will design an offense around his fucking skill set because that's something that Nagy did not do with Mitch. Right, right. That's going to be a key right there. You know, it's going to be a lot of changes all season, right, with quarterbacks in general. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, man. It's going to be um interesting um, offseason. So we'll see. Have to see what happens. What's on the table? If Mitch is gone, what do we do next? I do not want to start the next following season with Foles. I really don't. Fuck <laughs> no. Fuck <laughs> right. no. You know, I don't even want to start the season with some of the people on the line, on the offensive line. So uh, that's going to be different, too. But, we, you know, we'll see how all this stuff go. But, yeah, it's a lot of stuff that we got to really look at. It's like we talk about changes, right? A lot of things we got to look at for this for this team here from top to bottom. 
Absolutely, ma'am. I personally, I've seen a lot of chatter on Twitter, and I kind of uh, agree with some of the stuff that's been going on this week with Deshaun Watson. He's unhappy there in Houston. Yes. Uh, if you have a guy that's unhappy, the Brian Pace should be doing any and everything to go get this guy. That's my opinion. No, I totally agree with you. I don't want them to go out the wince knowing that we have this kid here who we should have drafted in the beginning with right. out there on the market. Right. Let's see what we can get for him. Let's start that first. Let's keep our eye on that. Yeah, so I'm saying whatever you got to do to get Watson, do it. There's nobody that's untouchable. And that's even if you got to trade Khalil Mack. I totally agree with you. I will take that. I think the kid's a franchise quarterback. So I would say take that franchise quarterback if you can. Because what's the alternative? If you don't get aggressive and go after a guy like that, if you don't bring Mitch back, then what are you going to do? Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Carr, uh, Stafford? No thanks. No thanks. I'd rather take that kid over there who's on the market and have our eyes on him. Ugh. Let's go after Watson. Yeah, man. So, A-Dub, man, it's been a really, really dope first season of covering this team with you, man. It's been a lot, a lot of fun, brother. <laughs> yes, it has. Yes, it has, man. It's been an up and down season for sure. And you're right. It's been great partnering with you on this, man. So I just want to say thank you, brother. Oh, man. For sure. For sure. And, and for our listeners, hey, we're going to keep putting out that content throughout the off season. So we're going to still have shows coming out there. So just keep staying tuned with us. We know that this season didn't go the way that any of us would have wanted to. But guess what? We'll see what happens in the off season. Before we get out of here, we wanted to thank some of our people that have come on the show. Uh, I wanted to give a special shout out to Buzz on Tap. Yes, Greg sir. Maraz, Big Dave Watson. Yes. Duke Coughlin, Anna Lewis, Luke Braun, Mitchell Galloway, Ryan Schlipp, Malcolm Hart, Branson Thomas, Justin Bresky, Phil Smith, Trubiscuits and Gravy, Brad Spielberger, and last but not least, the Queen of Bears Twitter, Miss Cousin Heidi. Thank you all so much for coming on this show, this first season of the Bear Central's podcast. You guys have made this season really dope for me and A-Dub. Absolutely. Salute to all of you. You all have my gratitude. Thank you so much. All right, man. The last thing before we get out of here, we had a, a giveaway that we, that we announced on Twitter today for the Trubisky autograph football. So we basically threw that out there for anybody that would guess the Bear that scored the first touchdown. Well, we only scored one touchdown, and Jimmy Graham had the one-handed touchdown grab. So when me and A-Dub are done here recording, me and him are going to do a random drawing, and we're going to announce the winner on Twitter. Yes, sir. A-Dub, going to sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Barry Centers Podcast. This show is now available on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. On our next episode, we will recap the 2020 season and much more. Bear Nation, come down with us. Peace.